Hello and welcome to Downtime Podcast. Happy New Year. What's up? Happy New Year. Except it's January 27th, but happy 2022. We're going to pretend that we're recording this on January 1st. <laughs> but hey, it's a good point because we can talk about a lot of the news that has happened. You know, a lot a lot has happened in January in the video game world. Oh, God. And um, yes. we're here to talk about it. But before we get into that, let's talk about our holidays. Alisa, what did you do? What was going on? Okay. So, Jeremy, if you recall, the last episode that we recorded together, I told you that I ordered a PS5 and I wasn't sure if it was a scam. Okay. It was not a scam. There we I go. Oh, my God. I am the owner of a PS5. But the funny thing is I haven't even played it yet, but uh, th- simply because... um. I'm not going to play my PS5 until I finish the final PS4 games that I just have, like, bought on this that I haven't played yet, meaning um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I... (laughs) Jeremy, I actually finished Guardians of the Galaxy, like, four hours ago. Yo! Yeah, I know. And then um, Lost Judgment. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Jeremy, I'm actually at the point of no return in Lost Judgment, but I told myself... I am not going to play the boss until Jeremy plays the boss. So okay. I, I am so I am basi- I'm basically done with the game, but I'm waiting for you to finish it so that we okay. can finish it together. I will text you when I get to that point as well, so that you are aware that I am there as well. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> good. That? Sounds yes. good. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, the- and then um Horizon Zero Dawn. Jeremy, I just realized I've never finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah, same, actually. I and only went, yeah, the, yeah. And the reason is because I'm prepping for Horizon Forbidden West, and I was looking just at my trophies, and as I'm missing quite a few things, I realized I don't think I've ever finished this game. So after, um, well, now now that I finished Guardians today, I'm going to play Horizon Zero Dawn before it comes out in in February, end of February. And then um, after I finish Horizon Zero Dawn, I am officially going to play the PS5 and switch over and use everything on the PS5. I have Deathloop. Deathloop is waiting to be played. I'm Like I said, I'm, I'm just finishing out the final games that I have on the PS4 and then doing my official switch to PS5. Nice. Yes. Okay. okay. But so it's real. It's real. It's real. Is it still in the box? It's still in the box. Um, I actually took it out. And then in trying to configure my current um, like TV stand, I realized, shit, what, I don't, what am I going to do with this? So it's actually easier for me to finish out my games on the PS4 and then I'll open up the PS5 officially and place it after I finish everything. Because I'm like, this is huge. Yeah. It's, it's a massive it's real. puzzle. It's it's real. <laughs> it's big. Very big. That is awesome. I'm really happy to hear that it was real, that you actually it got it, it and that it is something that you're actually looking forward to using and playing because that is super exciting. Seriously. I know. I'm super excited. And then just like any future game, I'm just going to like, you know, get the PS5 version this year. So nice. Looking forward nice. to it. And in other gaming news, um, 
as of tomorrow, I think tomorrow I should be able to pick up Pokemon Arceus, which I pre-ordered. So that'll be exciting. Um, I spent most of my holidays playing The Sims and Animal Crossing, which no should surprise no one at this point. It was a good time. I have The Sims for cats and dogs now. By the way, is not the best expansion pack for sure. If you're looking for an expansion pack to spend money on, I would not suggest cats and dogs for anyone who's listening. And I guess the most exciting thing that I did over the holiday break is that I went to Alexander Steakhouse. If anyone has never been to Alexander Steakhouse, it's just like a steakhouse in the Bay Area. Um, Fine dining for sure, but like, it's one of those places that you only go like once a year or like once every two years. And it was honestly the best steak. I, I One of the best steaks I've ever had. That sounds amazing. Yes. I believe I got a, a ribeye or a T-bone. I don't remember which one I got, but it's delicious. Also, it um, the, the gimmick of this place is that um, a lot of the marinades, a lot of the sauces are kind of like Asian Japanese influence. Like my hmm. steak had some sort of yuzu lemon sort of sauce and marinade and it it made the ribeye or T-bone very delicious. And also this place for dessert at the end of your meal, they give you cotton candy and the cotton candy is just a, a random flavor of the day. At the time that we went... Our cotton candy was pina, uh, pina colada, I think. Wow. And yeah. It's just it's just it's just a good old fine dining time. I don't do fine dining like ever. So it's like when you fi- when you do like these steakhouses once in a while you're like, "Oh god. This is delicious." Also, I can't eat for the next 24 hours. But, <laughs> but you get your money's worth, for sure. I, yes, you get your money's worth. But that is the most exciting thing I did over the holiday. And now I'm back at work, but we're having a good time. Because we're almost 30, so. Yep. Got to live out our last year of our 20s. Got to live out the last three weeks of our 20s. (laughs) Clinging on to the cusp of it. (laughs) (laughs) How was your holidays, Jeremy? It was probably more eventful than mine. It was was pretty crazy. Um, There's a lot that happened, but to condense it... Uh, first of all, I'm glad to hear that you had a great time and nothing crazy or bad happened and that you ate some really good food. Um, I also ate steak at a fancy restaurant, <laughs> ironically enough. I will tell you about that in a sec. Okay. Um, so the first week and a half that I was in Hawaii to visit my folks, it was a little crazy because we were working. And so we had to get a hotel room like near our parents' place just so that my brother and I can take meetings in separate rooms. And that lasted for a week and a half. Uh, I was a little stressed out during that time because I was waking up extremely early. I was still on Pacific time. So um, for those that don't know, in uh, where we are right now, um, Hawaii is around two hours behind California time. So it's not that significant of a difference. Two but, hours? Um, you know, it, it messes with your mind and your body when you wake up and the sun's not up yet and you're, you're taking meetings like super early in the morning. Oh, yeah. But it was really cool and fun to like sit on a balcony and do work and like call into a meeting and they're like, who are you right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm on a balcony. They're like, oh, you're so cool. And like, they're like, you know, just <laughs> they're just egging me and I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, so it was fun. You know, we still hung out with our folks every night and um, ate some great food. My mom was a wonderful chef and she cooked some awesome dishes. Um, and then awesome. uh, my aunt came over for like the first weekend and she uh, 
uh, treated us to like uh, a steak dinner at this place called Wolfgang's, not to be confused with Wolfgang Puck's place. This is a completely different Wolfgang with a steak restaurant in downtown Waikiki on Kalakaua. And the food was fantastic. We ordered like two different steaks. There was the tomahawk, which was like the huge. You got a tomahawk? Yes, we got a tomahawk. A huge bone with like a giant slab of meat uh, towards one of the ends of the tomahawk bone. Um, And then we had uh, ribeye, which was enormous. We were all full by the end of it. We had a bunch of sides, mashed potatoes, uh, veggies, and like onion rings and all this other stuff. It was fantastic. Um, And uh, spent a lot of time at the beach. Christmas was nice. We were supposed to spend it with some extended family, but one of my cousins over there caught COVID, and so he had to quarantine. Um, luckily, he was okay. He's fine now, and that was great. But, uh, you know, COVID overall was kind of rampant over there since people don't really wear masks outside. And like, there are a lot of people that still do, but mm-hmm. I feel like the vast majority of tourists go there, take off their masks. They're like, oh, it's fine. And then they go indoors. They're like, okay, I'm wearing a mask indoors, so everything's cool. But outdoors, no mask. It's okay. For but, sure. You know, regardless... Large crowds wear a mask. Um, Christmas Eve, we got to go to the International Marketplace, which is a little outdoor mall uh, on the main strip, Kalakawa in Waikiki. Watched a an artist. Her name is Kimie Minor. She is a local artist, and she sang Christmas songs. She sang some original songs off of her albums, and she had a whole band. It was so cool seeing her live. I didn't know anything about her prior to watching the concert, but we were all able to enjoy the music my mom was a fan and so it was really cool to do that and That's then awesome. Kimie started giving out like gift cards in the audience like, she had a giant sack and it would start giving out gift cards it was really cool um it was like, also oh, for anyone yeah. uh international marketplace is awesome it's great they have yes. a magnolia ice creamery which magnolia is a very popular ice cream brand that has a lot of asian flavors like macapuno and ube um and chocolate macadamia nut and um mango and just all these different kinds of flavors that you don't typically see if you go to like a dryers or if you go to like ben and jerry's um and there's also like uh, a japanese marketplace called mitsua where you can buy groceries uh there's just a bunch of high-end shops it was great so christmas eve was fun um i got to meet up with one of my friends that i met on twitch he goes by asian tony stark his real name is ryan (laughs) yeah he's he kind of looks like he kind of looks like um, uh, Robert Downey Jr. too, if you if you squint hard enough. <laughs> if you and uh, yeah, he's great. He was so fun, and we we like bounced ideas off of each other. We were just like hanging out as people, and that was really cool to connect with someone that I met online and got to see in person and just like you know chat with. Um, so that was dope. Uh, and then oh man, oh man, New Year's was so cool. We went to my aunt's house that we were supposed to go to on uh, Christmas, but luckily my cousin was feeling better. It, it was past that time period when he um, uh, contracted it, and so we were all fine. Um, and then, yeah, there were like at, at like 5 p.m., there were fireworks going off already, and they lasted until like the next day. Like that whole neighborhood was literally a war zone, at least what it sounded like. That was cool. So just literally just sitting in a house, eating food, like just a whole smorgasbord of filipino food and hawaiian food while you hear like essentially explosions around you and it it can be terrifying like i wasn't used to it and i was like just jumping every now and then i was like oh my gosh (laughs) like it was it was pretty crazy um we played some games that was a lot of fun um and uh we 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 got to like reconnect with all the family members that we hadn't seen in years and that was awesome um 
a lot of really good food spots we hit up. Um, Foodland, Zippy's, Leonard's, Rainbow Drive-In, just to name a couple. Um, and um, I got to share one of my dad's passions, which was fishing, which is awesome. He um, he loves fishing. Um, he's always loved fishing since my brother and I were kids, but we never really appreciated it because we were kids and we don't want to do something that's like really tedious and boring. But as an adult, I've come to learn that fishing is a very relaxing and enjoyable sport if you have the patience. And I feel like I have a lot more patience now that I'm an adult. <laughs> so I got to bond over that with him. And I could tell he was really excited because he was introducing all these things to me and showing me how to do things. And I was like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> we got that's a bite, cute. but yeah, it was. I was like, oh, this is like. This is really a bonding, a really good bonding experience. Uh, and he, we wanted to go out again, but there was like a torrential rainstorm that happened and we our that plan got scuffed, but mm. it was fine. Um, I mean, yeah, you could overall- fish in a torrential rainstorm. They do say that when it's very stormy, a lot of different f- fish come out. That's very rare. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, um, but my dad is like, I don't want to get sick. And I was, yeah. he doesn't have like anti-storm stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's fine yeah um yeah so overall it was a very relaxing experience oh there was a station called 99.1 on oahu that played k-pop 24 7 and i was like yo this station is lit wow so cool everything from twice to blackpink to bts to snsd they played g on the radio and i was like yo this is a throwback let's go wow if you play snsd then you know that you're a deep k-pop fan for sure yeah, seriously. Uh, that was a really cool thing to just listen to because it was it was a part of my parents saved um, radio stations in their car. They're like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> check this station out. And I was like, OK, well, I know what you guys are bumping to. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like they love K-pop. And I was That's like, this is so cute. cool. Yeah, they're like telling me the history between behind like that Coldplay and BTS collab. And I was like, what the heck? I didn't even know about this. <laughs> That's so cool. Wow. <laughs> um, that was wild. Uh, even yeah, was... honestly, even I didn't know that BTS and Coldplay were doing a collab until it came out on the radio. Yeah, it was it was cool. It's it's cool to see that there's that whole connection, and and Coldplay isn't afraid to like branch out and you know do things that are different from what they typically do and what people typically think Coldplay does. <laughs> yes. Um. So. Yeah, it was a lot of beach time, a lot of really good food, a lot of exploring new food restaurants, very um, nice, a lot of family nice. time, um, a lot of catching up on Netflix series, watching movies, watching old movies, um, buying Steam games, unable to play them because <laughs> I just didn't really have time. Yeah. Um, and overall, I took a lot of time to just get away from Twitch, get away from Discord and YouTube and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just like time to for myself to think and reflect on the past year and look forward to the new year um and you know i felt rejuvenated i felt like really recharged but a part of me was like i still want to be on vacation after that like uh, sometimes i feel like you need a vacation from your vacation (laughs) you could just retire yeah that's pretty much it right um (laughs) but really quick um are there any new year's goals or resolutions that you set for yourself elisa necessarily think i have new year's goals this time around though i have 30s goals okay okay which 30s goal um 30s goals um more or less are just about finding balance and making sure that i myself am okay um putting my physical and emotional um needs 
first and just making sure that like yeah i have a work a late work day or yeah like people want to hang out but i just want to make sure that i reserve time for myself and i intentionally do that to be by myself um yeah more often in my 30s and when i say like be by myself i don't mean like because you know i'm by myself right now in my room and we're talking or I'm by myself, honestly, like majority of the day when I'm working, but it's like, I'm not just like intentionally just being by myself, being disconnect, disconnected from tech, just like, you know, not necessarily meditating, but just like embracing the moment and just relaxing. So I I just want more moments like that. And just acknowledging that, um, for my, for all, for all kinds of health, I need to, um, space myself out from people from time to time and technology and just material items. And also in my thirties, aside from just like, you know, maybe get a condo or a house or like, you know, some, something like that, just like in general, be financially stable, whatever that means of just like knowing that if some, if I get screwed over in some way, I know that I'm going to be okay. Or if at any point, if I get laid off, if I decide to quit, if I just like whatever comes at me, like, you know, some weird situation happens is just knowing that I am financially stable and I feel okay. And that's pretty much all of my main goals of the 30s. Oh, and then just making sure that the current relationships that I do have that with my family and friends that I care about, I'm continuing to keep at um, because relationships are a two way street, as well as if a relationship is not working, it's okay to accept that it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to force friendships like with people if I know for a fact that like it's just on both sides, it's not compatible. And it's, a, and, but like not take it as a bad thing either. It's just like the way of life. Yeah, but the, yeah. But yeah, those are like not really New Year's goals. They're like 30s goals. God help me. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, if you put it in that perspective, I can also apply the same logic to the stuff that I wrote down. Um, and it's very similar to yours, which is um, take time aside and just, you know, be by myself to be in the moment, be present. Um, I, I found that being away from the screen in, when I was in Hawaii definitely helped. Totally. I, I, yeah, and just like spending time and living in the moment with family really also helped a lot because um when I was there, I felt like I was there for I was only there for a month, but it felt like I was there for a year because I would wake up early, go to sleep late, and I would always feel energized in the morning. I think that was maybe due to time difference, but also just being there and like not necessarily always being on the phone or on the computer, like looking at things and browsing things. Um so being away from that, going outside more and, and experiencing nature and taking a walk and maybe like jogging around the park that I live near totally um, is nice, um, which taps into exercising more, eating healthier. Um, I'm, I've been I've been since I co- I've come back, I've been like looking up better recipes to take care of myself. Um, I've been eating smaller meals and trying to incorporate um, portions of healthier, as- healthier um, foods into my my daily meals as opposed to more of the bad stuff. Um, 
uh, you know, a personal goal is like I want to help my parents move. They one of their goals is to move this year to a different island, and I want to help them accomplish Ooh, that, okay. that any way possible. Yeah, whether it be physically or financially or both. Um, another goal of mine is to travel more this year. I'm actually planning to go back to Hawaii in April for a convention, so that's gonna be fun. That's awesome. Uh, I want to go to San Diego to visit up my to visit one of my friends in March. Um, and uh, I'd really like to go to Japan this year, if possible, maybe in the fall or winter. But oh god, you know, <laughs> uh, who knows at this point, right? Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm gonna invest in some really nice luggage too because I've noticed that I I'm gonna be traveling a lot more um, for work as well. So I kind of want to get something that'll last like ten to fifteen years. And when I was coming home from Hawaii at the beginning of the month, I noticed that my luggage was like starting to rip and i only got it a year ago and i was like or no two years ago and i hardly oh. used it last year so i was like what the heck like what is what's going on and it just turns out that you know even though it's a samsonite it just is one of the cheaper ones and oh that sucks you know, it, though because yeah samsonites are fairly like you know it's a reliable it's reputable. brand yeah it's reputable people love it people swear by it and i like it too but this time, I'm actually going to go with Remoa, which is one of the nice Bro, you're going to get a Remoa? I'm going to get two. I'm going to get a, a carry-on oh, and a check-in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm about to, like, dish out the cash, too, for it, too. Damn. Like, that's I, yeah. how you know. That's how so, you know. I, yeah, this is me being serious <laughs> about travel. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm getting the hard case. I'm going to put stickers on it because I don't typically put sticker, stickers on luggage. Um, and one of the nice things about Remoa is that you can get the luggage repaired at a Remoa store. So it'll last even longer because you can get the wheels replaced. You can get like different parts of the luggage replaced. And yeah, like my aunt, when she was visiting us, uh, Hawaii back uh, in December for that one weekend before we went out to go get steaks, she went to the Remoa store and bought one and came back. And she's like, yeah, uh, if you ever want a luggage, get Remoa because it's like one of the best brands out there for for longevity when it comes to travel because it will literally just last like 15 years she said the last one she had lasted 20 years and i was like yo okay because i don't want to keep buying luggage every six to seven years just because it, it breaks so i'm just gonna invest in something that will be long term and you know if you think about it in the long run that what that amount of money that you spend on the luggage will go back over time to you because that time equals the amount of time you spent like using the luggage that money so yeah so travel more i'm so excited for you oh thanks ramo yeah, is I, like the top of the top oh god it is. Can't it's believe nice you're getting this this is amazing this is fantastic cool. yeah yeah and so i'm planning to blight to i'm planning to bite in april because um when i go to hawaii there's a ramoa store there uh, mm. there's actually a couple um, and the reason I'm going there, not just to buy it, but also just for vacation, um, but I'm going to buy it there is because there's a lower sales tax <laughs> in Hawaii. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah. So pro tip, if anyone wants to buy anything, luxury brand luxury. or other, yep. Hawaii has a lower sales tax. By the way, Jeremy, remind me when you go to Hawaii that I want to order some Lupicia tea and I just going to give you a list of what to get for me okay so sounds good by yeah. the way i still have your chocolate covered mac nuts that i have to give you yes well it'll happen it'll happen yeah yeah i'll give it to you someday it'll, it's in the freezer so it'll be frozen <laughs> it's cryogenically frozen so by the time it comes to you great it'll be okay <laughs> fantastic we're gonna yes. be fine it's gonna be okay yeah yeah um and yeah no like um to, to echo your point like i would like to continue the relationships that i have 
um, forge new ones and see if those ones stick and stay and eventually, you know, buy a house in my 30s at some point and settle yeah. down and have kids, all that stuff. That's, I know. that's what I want to do. My, part of it is because the way I'm thinking and some people might be like, well, marriage isn't everything and having kids isn't everything. It's true, but like the the part of me that thinks about that is also very traditional and it, it comes instilled from my parents who they always talk about grandkids and that's not to say that it's pressure. It's more of a reminder because even since I was younger, I've always been like, Oh, I want to get married and have kids. Um, I don't know. It just seems like something that I personally want to do and a feeling that I have that I want to accomplish and a goal I set in my life that I want to complete. So yeah, totally. You know, I'm at this stage right now in my life where I'm kind of not an I'm not a nurturing type. And what I mean by that is I'm just not like in my 20s, especially just I haven't been, you know, really close to like anyone who had kids or who um, anyone with toddlers yeah. and whatnot, who um, babies that were just born. And I just like never really had that sort of motherly um skill as well as motherly uh feeling that eventually like hits you when you do when you are ready to have a family but i am in just like this past year like i've known so many friends who have had kids and i've met those kids and it's just this weird feeling of like wow i you know i'm not a nurturing type but it's really nice like holding this baby not to say i'm gonna get pregnant anytime soon but um (laughs) especially like god especially like not in the next five years unless it you know it is what it is but um but definitely like it's just as i get older i am becoming more caring of little ones and just kind of like the feeling of of being not being a mother but being motherly towards someone yeah I think everyone's ready at different times and exactly. some people just aren't ready at all. And that's okay. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, that got real. <laughs> that got Did real. Get real. Yeah. Um, but Hey, you know what? If you guys want to hear more about our thoughts on life, um, we, maybe we'll do a side quest. Just, just let us know. Um, yes. but to tie it back to the new year's goals thing and also going into stuff that I'm playing, there are a lot of games I want to complete this year. One, which I completed on Monday, which was dying light. I didn't 100% it. There's a lot of DLC we have to play. My friends and I are playing through dying light and we didn't complete, um, all the DLC, but we did complete the main story. So that says that, that says a lot about like how much more we have left. Um, so dying light is done ish. And then Far Cry 6, I'm trying to get through. Lost Judgment, I'm trying to get through. Um, What chapter are you on in Lost uh, Judgment now? Great question. I'm on chapter 9. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm I'm charging through. You know, a lot of, I get really distracted in that game. And that's okay, because it's a... Are you at the Hostess Bar Girls Bite yet? Okay, I've been gutting through that, not gonna lie. I've been, like, like, having fun with that (sighs) game. (laughs) Good times at Girls Bite. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm glad. Yeah. Mm, so it's funny through- when you're so wasted and like I can't read this fast. 
fast and putting the sentences together. Right. I'm like, uh, I'm like, I was like, literally like on stream. I was like, should I be actually drunk and play this game just to see if I could do it? You should. I think <laughs> you. I, I think you should drink whiskey one time with your special yakuza glass and just do it. Yes. Okay. There we go. Confirmation from Elisa. Confirmation. I will do it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the encouragement. I, of I will. I'm planning to do it on stream. I'll just take a couple shots, sip on some whiskey, and then just be like, all right, let's see if I can actually play this mini game. Yep. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, doing Lost Judgment. And then um, I want to play through all of the Halo games this year. Um, I'm probably going to play co op um, through all of them with my brother. Um, and I'm um, looking forward to some games like Dying Light 2, which comes out next month on the 4th, February 4th, and Sons of the Forest, which is supposed to come out in May, which is a sequel to The Forest, which is an open world survival That's horror right. game. Um, but I mean, we, probably in our next podcast, we can talk about stuff that we're hyped for. Um, I just wanted to mention those two since uh, they're coming up pretty soon. But Alisa, what about you? Are, is there anything now besides what you besides what you mentioned earlier that you're trying to get through or did you kind of already mention that? Yeah, so the most notable thing is that today I finished the Guardians of the Galaxy game. And wow, I enjoyed it a lot. I really had a lot of fun playing this game. I bought it on Black Friday at a discount. I think that the game is worth the price I bought it for on Black Friday, which was like $29. The reason I say that is because this is a very short game. I beat this, I think, in maybe 20 hours. And I beat it in 20 hours with me also being um, being that type of person that walks through every single place to make sure that I pick up all the treasures. I, I think this is a this is in general is a very short game. It's a it's like 16 chapters, but each chapter is just like an hour if you're if you're really like not wasting any time. But really liked it it's kind of like a clunky uncharted mass effect (laughs) and it's an adventure game and you know obviously based off of the marvel comics now i'm not familiar if this was based off of a specific comic number issue or whatnot but i just know that it has um one of the main characters it has is um a character named Nikki, and I know that she's part of the comics, so that's just the type of story that's introduced in this specific Guardians of the Galaxy game. And it's just, overall, I, I liked it. Um, I thought that the dialogue was well-placed and the comedic timing was good. Honestly, like, this, like the the storyline's kind of PG-13. It's a little bit racy. I was, was kind of shocked. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're... We're implying some things, and this is interesting. <laughs> That's so, cool, actually. Wow. Yeah, this is definitely, like, this is, they definitely spice it up with some of the things that happen in this game in a good way. I had a very fun time playing this. Also, like, similar to the Mass Effect style of, um, but not exactly the Mass Effect style, there's different variations and choices that you can make for your play through to be unique and not to say that this is a multiple ending story i i'm pretty sure that the ending's the same no matter what it's just that the path to get to that ending will have a minor um detour or minor variation depending on what you choose like for example um in my game um like one of the first examples they 
there's a choice. Are you going to hide your illegal weapons from the Novacore police or are you going to hide a llama? Like th- like this isn't this is a real choice in the game. So it's like it's like really dumb fun choices. Quill just has like these space guns and you just do upgrades. Very typical. Um there's fun uh guardian power combat. Um there so like what's cool in this game is um after you've powered up, you know how there's like a superpower that like in every game after you've level up a bar, once your yeah. bar's maxed, you can do a special thing. So in the Guardians, it's a huddle. So all the Guardians huddle, but the thing is is like you have to Quill gives a pep talk to the Guardians, but the but you have to listen to the Guardians dialogue and make the make the right choice and by making the right choice, then everyone gets su- super OP for, like, a minute. If you don't make the right choice, then only you get super OP'd or no one gets super OP'd. Um, mm. But yeah, it, it, it's like, I think that adding the dialogue choices make this game fun. So, um, okay. it's a very interactive game, but it makes sense also because the Guardians, you know, are a team. Now, um, the one thing I'll say about this game is just, uh, it's very, it's very much just like a typical, um, uncharted, you know, adventure Mass Effect style game. There's nothing new about it, you know, but it doesn't mean it's not fun either. So it's not groundbreaking in terms of combat style, but it's totally fine. And another cool thing that I like about this game is, um, the developer, um, their names are... Eidos Montreal. Ah. So they're, uh, and this game was published by Square Enix. Okay, so you know Quill's name is Star-Lord, and yes. Star-Lord in the lore is a band that Quill listened to when he was growing up. The developers legit in the soundtrack have a real Star-Lord band. It's a real rock band that they made for the game they have a cover. They even have a music video. You can find the music video on YouTube. You can find Star-Lord on Spotify as well, or wherever there's music streaming. And it and it's really cool. So the audio director, um, S- Steve Shepkowski, um, reached out to his composer friend, uh, Johan Boudral, and then basically asked him, hey, so we have this Guardians game. Can you <laughs> make a real Star-Lord band out of it? And... I will say the Star Lord band is a real rock metal band um, in the in the soundtrack, so I think that's really cool that they did that. Now that is a nice touch. Yes, super nice touch. I, I very much elevated a lot of the gameplay when that soundtrack's playing, and also like for anyone, you should just listen to it on Spotify. It's it's a good time. Okay. Very yeah, it, it feels like a lot of um, oh god, Iron. I want to say Iron Maiden, but I feel like that's a bad comparison. But I can't think of another band to compare this to. But yeah, um, I felt like even though this was a very simple, um, I'm not going to say easy, um, but it it was definitely a straightforward game to play. But I felt that in the dialogue and in the soundtrack and in the storyline, they really added some nice touches to make this not just a not just straightforward combat, but make this a fun game. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, surprisingly had a good time. 
I, and, I, you know, I heard good things about it compared to the Avengers game, so I might have to pick it up on the next Steam sale. Yeah, um, I think that, like I said, I bought it for $29, and I think $29 is worth the price simply because um, you get a lot, but also the game's short. So it's like, I don't think anyone should be paying full price for, like, a 20-hour 20, 20 game. And like I said, it's 20 hours if you're doing a full playthrough also and trying to find all the collectibles. So, okay. yeah, definitely wait for the Steam sale to buy it. But I think it's totally worth playing. Like, I think this is a good story. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I, I like the soundtrack from what the trailers are showing. So hopefully that is consistent throughout the game as well. Yes, and you can also listen to the real Star-Lord as well as 80s hits. So Yo, let's go. Ayo. Awesome, awesome. But yeah, that's all cool. I'm doing aside from Animal Crossing, which is my regular. Um, oh, random fact. Um, I changed uh, just because I hosted <laughs> like um, a shooting star party yesterday, but I, have, I, I changed my character's hair because uh, I actually just dyed my hair brown blonde. Ooh. <laughs> so... That's a diff- that's a life update for me, but yeah, just random fact. <laughs> but hey, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I always change my Animal Crossing character and my Nintendo Amiibo avatar based off of the type of hair that I have. So yo, me too, actually. <laughs> I want to be immersed. All right, exactly. That's, not, that's exactly. not just my avatar. That is me living on that island, having a grand old time. Exactly. <laughs> I even like there's there are there are clothing pieces in that game that I have in real life, and I'm like, yeah. I can dress him exactly like that. <laughs> it's so no, funny. A lot of the clothing that I choose for my Animal Crossing character are things that I would actually wear. Yes, same. Yeah. Yep. We're going to go on to the news segment. There are three big pieces we want to talk about today. Two of them are industry-related. The other one is personal. Yes. Uh, but the first is about Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Now, before we continue the conversation, I just want to say that Microsoft now owns these franchises. Spyro the Dragon, Crash Bandicoot, Banjo-Kazooie, Call of Duty, Diablo, Warcraft, Overwatch, Starcraft, Guitar Hero, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Fallout, Doom, Quake, Psychonauts, Prey, Wolfenstein, Dishonor, Minecraft, Candy Crush, amongst a smattering of other titles that I did not mention and that are also smaller. And some of them I, I, did, I picked basically some of the biggest names. You can already see that Microsoft is a juggernaut at the moment, owning so many crazy franchises. And wow. What are your initial thoughts on that, Elisa? So it's definitely a good move by Microsoft. When I was looking at the press conference, I think by making this move, they said that revenue gaming revenue wise, they're now behind Tencent and Sony. So they're third place in gaming currently. And also, um, I think that overall, this is a good move for Microsoft because the thing with Microsoft is they're not just Xbox, they're PC. So you have to, um, so it's like they're, they're appealing to all of these masses. The thing with Blizzard, like you can play a lot of those games on any console, but majority of their games, PC. So this is definitely the, I think this is the correct move for Microsoft and I know that there's a lot of uncertainty, especially because they didn't necessarily say that um, Bobby Kotick was going to get fired. But I think that the writing is in the wall that 
by my i think that microsoft is buying activision blizzard to essentially phase out bobby kotick because this um this deal is going to actualize in 2023 if it goes through and i i think pretty much they're just saying bobby kotick's going to be here until 2023 when we officially acquire Activision Blizzard and they're going to put their new CEO in. So I don't for people who are worried about that aspect, I don't actually think that he is like going to stay. He's definitely going to leave once it's 2023. Now, obvious so okay. Now let's go to your opinion on what you think so far before I talk about Sony. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um I, I agree with your point about Bobby Kotick leaving. I think that they're going to take him out of his position because they need to clean house first of yes. all like like they're buying something that they know is hot that there yes. is a lot of commotion about that there's a lot of talk about and and you know yeah. oh and the one thing i do want to add is a lot of people have been pissed off at blizzard for a very long time and yes, yes. But, and there's no other publisher developer company that could help blizzard except from another company that focuses on pc so they understand the market for that so yeah yeah i good points i agree with all of them and i also agree with the point that um they did make a good move in the sense that uh they're buying a studio that is primarily pc related and pc based like in my opinion like echoing your words Activision Blizzard has been all about PC for a long time. Like everyone remembers the first Diablo and World of Warcraft games were always on PC. Like you cannot find those on console uh, or you couldn't find those on console back in the day. And so their focus was always PC. So with Microsoft owning and making Windows, it just makes sense from a from a gamer tech perspective, obviously. Right. But from an industry's perspective, it's pretty scary. Like, not going to lie. You have this multi-billion dollar company purchasing a, a, a company and, and several other companies over the years that have just generated so much revenue. It's insane. Like, it's it's kind of daunting when you think about it because Jeff 100%. Keighley, the, the wonderful Jeff Keighley, who uh, runs the Video Game Awards, he tweeted out that um, <laughs> there are other big co- big co- game companies that could be acquired, and he listed EA, Take-Two, Nexon, Bandai Namco, Embracer, Netmarble, Ubisoft, Konami, Square Enix, Capcom, and Sega that are the ones who remain. And that's not a very long list. That is quite terrifying because you have this – it's basically juggernaut companies out beating each other for – these like other big companies it's insane like this one shark is growing bigger than the other shark and eating that shark it's like what the hell is happening i know and you know i don't the the ones that i just mentioned that jeff Keighley listed on twitter i don't want any of them to be bought out by like sony or microsoft or thq nordic because i want them to all be independent there needs to be more competition and i don't think that this is good for competition while this is nice that microsoft is doing it like when they bought obsidian when they bought bethesda they're like we're gonna leave you guys alone you guys are gonna do all your things on your own volition but you know you know we're gonna be your parent basically and fund you or whatever help you out when you need a bailout uh what have you not but make sure you just meet these quota numbers etc etc um and it's nice that microsoft is changing Activision Blizzard. I don't think they're they're obviously not going to leave it alone. They better oust Bobby Kotick. Otherwise, why would they buy Activision Blizzard other than just to have more titles under their belt? I have no idea. In any case, I think that this is bad for competition, but I think it's a good move as far as libraries go and as far as the future of Activision Blizzard goes. Because who knows? Activision Blizzard could 
um, if they weren't bought by Microsoft, they could have dissolved in the next five to ten years because this of very poor management, true. poor yeah. leadership. And you know, the gaming industry is very cutthroat, very ruthless, as we've seen with like um, uh, uh, Telltale, and they went down because they're they're the the leaders of that company had so much ambition, so much goal, but they didn't know how to meet that, and they worked with what little they had to produce even something that was less than what they were supposed to make and made so little return that they eventually went under. But they had so many cool deals in place. Like they were going to make a Stranger Things game. They were going to like do all these cool licenses. And it sucks that that company went under. But, you know, who knows? Like maybe Activision Blizzard could have followed suit. But we wouldn't. We won't know. We won't know now because Microsoft bought them. And um, I'd like to hear what you have to say about Sony. This is the part where... If you're trying to definitely make a statement, Sony probably needs to make a statement. Um, but the problem, to your point, is I don't want Sony to acquire another company. But also, same with Microsoft. I don't want Microsoft to continue acquiring other companies. I just think that m- I am anti-monopoly, Jeremy. I yeah. don't want this to happen. I don't want there to just be three gaming juggernauts that exist we need the independent studios that are just there that source their games to every single port we need those people that like this game's going to xbox ps4 5 and nintendo doesn't matter who you are it's gonna go everywhere we need those people and that's why this microsoft move is scary because that now so now sony's gonna be compelled to make a move and I don't want that. You see, yeah. I feel like if Microsoft acquired maybe like a smaller studio, I'd be kind of like, oh, okay, this, you know, like whatever. Or, um, or if they, or if it's more like they kept doing deals with studios, like it's gonna come out to Xbox first, and then eventually it'll come out everywhere else. I think I, I would be fine with that too. But just the idea of Activision Blizzard, um, going under Microsoft and all of these Activision games potentially being Xbox only after the contracts with Sony phase out for Call of Duty and whatever is very frightening and also frightening in a sense that Sony might make a move that will further down the line divide these two gaming cons, uh, two gaming conglomerates that we don't want and it's just going to be a buy battle and I don't want that. Like, can you imagine if Sony bought ubisoft so that's like assassin's creed or like far cry for example or if sony bought take two and that would be insane because that's two any 2k game and that's grand theft auto like if you buy grand theft auto that's like that's like you know that's insane and it's game over but also it's one of those things where i don't think take two should accept any offer from microsoft and sony because the whole appeal to grand theft auto 5 is it goes on every single port, and it's never going to die. <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. against the principles of Grand Theft Auto Five Online in itself if they're yep. owned by a gaming conglomerate because Grand Theft Auto Five needs to live on on whatever future iPhone there is in like twenty years. So like, That's, I yeah yeah it's I remember like last year we were talking about how there were rumors of Sony 
and Microsoft potentially making a play for Sega and how it was this yep. whole thing. And the thing is, at first I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. Sega is also a smaller company. But now with this Activision Blizzard move, I'm like, no one buys Sega. I don't want any of this. Yeah. This all needs to stop. Um, I So this is the thing that I'm worried about, Jeremy. Um, but this is a potential move I think Sony can make. I think that if Sony wants to really play the game, Sony needs to buy a a company um, that is known for multiplayer gaming. For example, unfortunately, Take-Two or Ubisoft are good examples. But what they need to do is they need to buy it so that they stronghold Microsoft and say, oh, so you have this? Well, we have this. We need to make a deal now that the games are going to go for all consoles or else Grand Theft Auto is not going to PC. So it's just like... So I think that if I think the potential move here is you either buy a company to stronghold Microsoft and make sure that it ports everywhere or you can do what Sony does best. Sony just will continue making new franchises and they'll just continue making new single. But like the thing is, is like, um, I think the big appeal to Microsoft majority of the time is like they're friendly for multiplayer. Sony necessarily is not friendly for multiplayer. So yeah. Um, also going t- going into the fact that Sony historically has been a very single player company. So I don't know what the current values of the company are. I think there are ways that Sony can um, fight back Microsoft without having to do crazy shit and buy everything. But this is a very fearful move to your point that we don't want monopolies <laughs> in yes. the gaming industry because it's going to suck. Like, yeah. it's going to be terrible. Honestly, Jeremy, Steam should buy everything. And then when Steam <laughs> buys everything, we're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, they won't touch it at all because They're they don't even touch t- their own stuff. They, exactly. Know, like, so. Yeah. Um, I want to make a prediction and I'm going to have a very strong opinion about one of the prediction or one of the things I predict. So I predict Sony is going to buy a Japanese company in the next five to 10 years. And it's either going to be Bandai Namco, Konami, Square Enix, Capcom, or Sega. And the one that I'm strongly against is Sega. Now, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I was a very strong Sega supporter. I had the Genesis. We had the Dreamcast growing up and... I loved Sonic as a kid, and I loved all the games that came out on Sega Genesis and the Sega Dreamcast. Um, and now, of course, you know we both love the Yakuza games that are produced and owned by Sega. I would not want anyone to buy Sega because I feel like Sega's strongest suit is able is being able to produce all of these games on every platform. Just echoing all the stuff you said earlier, it it's just more beneficial for these companies to continue doing their own thing instead of being consumed by a larger company just to be like, yo, we want you because of market share, but also because of the titles that you have and the the profit that you can bring. And it's like, what the, f- no, like, come on now. Like, what about the fans? Like, what about the quality of the content? Is that going to remain the same? Like, yeah. But anyways, my only thing is that I just don't want Sega to be bought. <laughs> when I think about thing. it, by principle, I don't think Sega should allow themselves to be bought. And yes. they, like they were originally a console company too. And just to kind of and they lost, you know, we know that they lost that battle to PlayStation and but they do have games now that go everywhere and I don't think that Sega should allow Microsoft or Sony to buy them. Yeah. Um, I agree. Of the four that you listed, 
I think that if Sony were to buy a company, it's Square Enix. Yeah, I, I, think, I could see that. I think of the four you listed, that's the one they would most likely buy. I There's a lot of profit, of course, in a lot of the Square Enix games that uh, come out, such as uh, Final Fantasy. But the thing is, yep. is like Square Enix also has, has a lot of uh, different publishing games that go out to all different ports. I think that's so I think that like for example like Sony there's a lot of Square Enix things that go to Nintendo. I don't think Sony's going to mess around with that or like the game will still come out to Nintendo is what I mean. Um yeah. but if we think about it, um Square Enix a lot of the games originally came out on PlayStation such that, as Kingdom yeah. Hearts, Final Fantasy, and I just think if they were going to buy a Japanese company, this is the most likely company to do it. I I think that Bandai Namco is also a good um is also a good play. Um I think that Konami Konami's Resident Evil, right? Yeah, that's Resident yeah, Evil. Yeah. Oh no, no, it's that's Street no, Fighter. that's Silent Hill. Um Capcom Silent. is Resident Evil. Oh, Capcom, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I did yeah. list Capcom and Bandai Namco as well yeah there are there are good japanese options i do think that square enix would be their play if they it makes were to the do most it. sense yes yeah all right well cool yes um we gotta wrap up here soon but um uh, i just want to mention one thing um or a couple things well one is uh did you get the stream the steam deck did you pre-order it or you know i thought i pre-ordered it but i never got an email but i did sign up for the wish list Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. well, yeah. the Steam Deck launches on February 25th with um, emails going out to those that pre-ordered, and if you purchase it from the from the email, then it'll be shipped out to you by the 28th, and it'll be in customers' hands. So this um, but is the, I know you were, yeah. This is the thing now, Jeremy. I would have gotten this if I didn't get a PS5 and I didn't just drop $500 no, <laughs> yeah. this past I mean, month. That, that's fair. Yeah, totally so... Fair. I don't think I'm going to get a Steam Deck anymore on launch, but I'm very happy with my PS5 purchase. Um, this The PS5 was a very spur-of-the-moment, spontaneous situation. And uh-huh, yeah. eventually, maybe price drop, I'll get the Steam Deck, but not today or, or February 25th. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um. But you know what? Maybe it was a blessing in disguise because now you're just letting all the people that pre-ordered it test it. And yes. if there's an issue, then good thing you didn't buy it. Or if True. they make a version two and it has a lot of better specs and bigger memory, then hell yeah. Then you can just get that one. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Did cool. you pre-order it? You're not, Or you're not going to get it? No, I'm not going to get it because I already have a PC and a laptop. So I think I'm pretty set. Yep. For sure. Yeah. But I think it's cool. I'm, I can't wait to get it. One of my buddies that was on the podcast before, Ryan, I know he really wants it because um, there uh, is like just the portable aspect of having a Absolutely. PC. Absolutely. That's the reason and I want it too. Yeah. Yeah. The portability is, is, is his whole thing since his job requires him to be on the road a lot. So he gets to, you know, play some games while he's on the road. Makes sense. Yeah. And um, all right. The last thing I want to mention is we've talked about this before. Um, and if you weren't here for the last podcast, well... Alisa and I are rebranding the podcast. We are moving away from Downtime Live, from Downtime Podcast. Um, we had some issues in the beginning, not necessarily beef or anything, but just like with the name of it, because um, we, there was a mountain biking podcast who shared the same name as ours. So 
it's it's better if we um you know uh continue doing something and changing because i feel like you know with any content creator you want to change something and it doesn't have necessarily have to be the format but in our case it's going to be an, a rehaul so visually there's going to be a lot of changes we're working with the designer we had a meeting with him um earlier this week and it was fantastic he's really or last week sorry we had a meeting with him last week and he's really cool he's a good friend of mine and um i'm really excited to see uh the branding when it comes out and you guys will be notified once it happens there's not going to be a set date because we don't have that yet we can't really gauge that since um we uh we're still working on getting all the design assets in so that we can give you guys some really cool content. Um, exactly. It's going to be a good time. And we're yes. excited. And yes. uh, we said this in the last episode as well before um, the new year. This The content of this podcast is not going to same. It's is not going to change. It's going to be exactly the same in a sense that Jeremy and I are still going to be hosting. Nothing yes. is changing. Seriously, just changing the name and the branding to distance ourselves from the mountain bike podcast and we're still going to talk about games and fun stuff yep it'll the format will be the same but the branding the name itself will be different you'll see a different logo different artwork um it's gonna look fun it's gonna look different and you know new year new us how about that (laughs) yes exactly new year new us yeah. So thank you to everyone that has come along for the ride so far. We started this in 2017. Very thankful for everyone who's stuck around, all the new people that have come by, all the guests that have been featured on the podcast. Here's to 2022, the whole rebranding and more. And to close out, we have one question from Dave97 slash Chariot Goblin. And Dave asks and says, Happy New Year. There was a poll done in Japan which users voted for the top 100 games of all time. What are your thoughts on the results? Here's the list. And he provided a link that showed a list of the previously mentioned top 100 games. And this was done with 50,000 Japanese voters um, voting in for TV Asahi, which is one of the big uh, TV channels in Tokyo or in, in all of Japan, I should say. Which is, there's a lot. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Oh, finish your thought. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of different games listed here. Yes. Obviously, they're mostly Japanese, with the exception of a couple. Um, This is the top 10. Actually, let's do top 20, because this is actually kind of interesting. Okay. 20 is Minecraft. 9 is Suikoden 2. 18 is is Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. 17 is Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. 16, Kingdom Hearts 2. I agree with that. Kingdom Hearts 2 is the best Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Number 15, (laughs) Dragon Quest 4, Chapters of the Chosen. 14, Pokemon Sword and Shield. 13, Undertale. 12, Super Mario Kart. 11, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. This is the highest ranking Pokemon, and I'm surprised. But yes, that one shocked me. Uh, number 10, Super Mario Brothers 3. Number 9, Final Fantasy 10, as it should be. Number 8, <laughs> Chrono Trigger. Makes sense. Number 7, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number 6, Dragon Quest 3. Number 5, Splatoon 2. Number 4, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yes. Wow. Number so 3. So high up there. So high up. It deserves it. Um, A, Animal Crossing deserves it. Uh, number 3, 
Final Fantasy VII, not surprising. Number two, Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride. And number one, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, being the highest ranked Legend of Zelda. Okay. Initially, I am I'm very shocked by the top 20, even the top 10. The top five are, there's three that are Switch games, and two of those top five games, oh, sorry, three of those top five games came out like, not even like 10 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, and, and it's, I am very surprised that the number one game is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I, I'm seriously so surprised by that because I thought it would be Mother. I thought it would be, I thought it would be Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or, or, or like any other Nintendo title, but no, it's Breath of the Wild. Like, also, that is crazy. I know Breath of the Wild is super popular, but I thought that Ocarina of Time was the more popular Legend of Zelda Same. game. But maybe yeah. it's dated at this point. I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, listen, yeah, I, I'm not sure either, but like Breath of the Wild is a fantastic title. And I, I'm so shocked that everyone voted that it would be number one. Like given the amount of detail in that game and the love it has, yeah, it makes sense. But like, it's not an old game. Like I was expecting an older title to be listed as number one. And Number four, I was also I was surprised that number four and five were Animal Crossing and Splatoon two, like two Switch games that came out quite recently, and I was like, "Yo, this is kind of crazy." <laughs> like, I know competing against Final Fantasy seven, which came out in like what nineteen ninety seven, right? Or and probably has a boost because of the remake that came out two years ago, right? So it's kind of interesting looking at the top twenty because how much of this is fueled by newer titles like Dragon Quest there's always a new title coming out so I can kind of see why some of the older ones are beloved because a new title comes out and everyone's like I want to play the old one um but yeah so what about you what do you think so uh one of the most shocking things to me is that the highest Pokemon is Diamond and Pearl now I think this got the boost of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl I don't I don't know I'm just surprised that a high that this would be the highest ranking Pokemon game, but also, um, even Pokemon Sword and Shield is in the top twenty. Yeah, and I'm surprised that a Persona game is not within the top thirty. So I'm just like, if you're looking at this list, uh, we'll post it in the show notes for anyone who is curious. Persona doesn't appear until number. Oh God, where is the first Persona game? <laughs> um. And I'm talking about Persona game, like, higher up. Persona f- Persona 5 doesn't appear until 42. I feel like Persona is a... Any Persona um, game is at least top 30. So I'm surprised that Persona 5 didn't crack the top 30. Um, yeah. Ok- um, in 29, Okami, I agree with that. I think Okami should be higher, um, but that's just my opinion. And... Yeah, I think I agree that um, Animal Crossing probably did get a boost, but I but the thing with Animal Crossing is a such such a communal, peaceful game, and so many people in Japan played it, and so many like people around the world play it, and a lot of people played New Leaf. That this is also not surprising that it's in the top ten. I'm surprised yeah. it's in the top five, but um, but yeah, um, very pandemic driven, very band. Very pandemic-driven. And uh, Final Fantasy X and Chrono Trigger deserve to be in the top 10 because I said so. So <laughs> There you go. There you um, have it. Also, awesome. I respect this list because Kingdom Hearts 2 is the highest-rated Kingdom Hearts game. So I respect this list because Ghost of Tsushima is listed on here. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> and will, I love that game. Yes. I will say, like, um, 
they even acknowledge Nier Automata. And I'm, hmm. I, I'm very, I'm very happy that it got that boost. Um, I am surprised there's no Tekken game in here, but, um, we, do I see Tekken in here? No, I don't uh... see Tekken in here. Actually, there's not that many te- fighting games in here. The only fighting game is Street Fighter 2, which is the most popular Street Fighter, and it's at 91. So I think that no one really ranked fighting games in this list. So, And if you want to count one that's a party fighting game, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is number seven. Exactly. Well, I, there you have it. There you have yeah. it. I think that everyone's going to fight, but... Um, I think that this list seems reasonable. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not considering surprised. the masses, considering the masses, this is a re- very, very reasonable list. And considering the country that you're doing the poll in as well. Yes. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, Dave, thank you for your question and comment. I yes. hope that answer thank satisfies you. Dave. <laughs> if you'd like to send an ans- uh, a question or comment yourself, please go to www.downtime.live. Send us a question or comment in the contact form. Um, fill it out. We'll read it on the podcast. Send us an email, contact at downtime.live. Again, that's contact at downtime.live, where you can send us an email the old-fashioned way, and we'll read it on the podcast. Please feel free to leave a comment or question wherever this podcast is ho- hosted that allows for comments to be posted, so like Podbean or YouTube. Um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And we'll read it on the podcast. Uh, we also have a Twitch. We have a Steam group. Uh, we have a Discord. If you want to join the Discord, go to wherever this podcast is hosted. Um, click on the link for joining the Discord. You should get an invite that will take you to our Discord server where we talk about everything from games and movies to TV shows to whatever we're feeling and thinking at the time. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Uh, and yeah. I think that's it. Elisa, did I forget anything? I feel like I might have forgotten something. But I don't think so. I think that's maybe it. I didn't. Yeah. Great okay. podcast, Jeremy. Glad to be yes. back. Yes. First Thank podcast you so much. of 2022. Thank you, everyone, for always listening and tuning in and showing love for Jeremy and I. We really appreciate it. And yeah, this, this stay tuned for the new adventures and the new branding we're going to have with this podcast. Yes, absolutely. All right, everyone, take care, be safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you next time. Peace.